Welcome to Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback, PhD, and I'm also a deacon of the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host of Chattachesis, a podcast series for clergy that helps them find creative and fresh ways to share the gospel message and promote missionary discipleship. This episode is brought to you by Sadler's newest catechetical series, Christ in Us and Cristo in Nosotros, which partners with families to help them play an active and meaningful role in their child's faith formation. Learn more at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU. I'm very, very happy and privileged today as we have as our guest, Father Michael Amadeo, who's the Vicar General for the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. He's also pastor of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart Parish, the parish I grew up in and was baptized in. have a lot of fond memories. So we're going to be talking with Father Michael today about the challenges and opportunities of ministering to families uh, in COVID or perhaps we're getting post COVID or who knows where we are in this mess, but we're trying our best to evangelize uh, our family. So Father Mike, thank you so much for being on this show. Thank you, Matt. It's good to be here with you and good to reconnect. So it's a privilege. Yeah. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and about the parish uh, in which you're pastor? Great. My name is uh, Father Michael Amadeo, and I am pastor here at Our Lady's Immaculate Heart Parish in Ankeny, Iowa. It is a parish of about 2,500 households. Um, we have a faith formation program that has um, a thousand students in it. However, I would look at our faith formation program as incorporating womb to tomb. So we actually have about 6,000 people in our faith formation programs. Uh, I grew up on the south side of Des Moines. Um, grew up in a family of five children. Um, mom was a stay-at-home mom and dad was a railroad worker. Uh, so very traditional family. And then I was brought up in Catholic schools from starting in first grade all through uh, postgraduate school. Um, was ordained in 1992, was actually ordained a deacon here in October of 91 at Our Lady's Immaculate Heart. Oh, really? Yeah, it was right that. after the parish was built that uh, I myself and five others were ordained here. Um, so in one sense, it's kind of full circle, if you will. Yeah. Um, I served uh, basically in the Des Moines metro area from being an associate pastor to doing administrative work down at the diocese. Also served a small little parish just north of the metro here in Elkhart, Iowa, and then served for 11 years at um, Holy Trinity Church in, in, over in Beaverdale. I came here to Our Ladies about uh, two and a half years ago. So it was just shortly before COVID started. So um, I really feel right now is that I'm just starting anew because for the first year and a half, if you will, out of the two and a half years, uh, it, things were shut down. I really could not connect up with people. It was a very challenging way to connect with folks. So I just feel I'm, I'm starting my pastorate here. <laughs> Well, I'm sure that people feel blessed by your presence. Um, wherever you've gone, at least anecdotally, I've heard everyone's always loved you. You're so affable. You're very present as a pastor. And no, those are to our listeners, he did not pay me to say any of that. That's all truth. So it's good to have you on, Father. And it's good to talk about our topic today, which is really engaging families and trying to support them, trying to evangelize them, because for so many reasons, some of them just very practical, logistical, for example, with COVID, when we couldn't have meetings for religious ed or youth ministry, at least meetings in person, 
so much of the weight or the heavy lifting of, of uh, sharing our faith was shifted over to families. And in some dioceses, I think there was more of a, an anticipation of this shift and there was more of a process in place. And so maybe they, they had a little more success. And uh, to be frank, I'm not aware of, uh, I know we've, we've done great things in our diocese. We had John Gaffney on, who's our director of evangelization. Uh, to, we've done a lot of great things to sort of uh, pivot when we needed to during COVID and support families. What, uh, but there's a lot of challenges. I mean, and I, I'm a deacon, but I'm also a parent. And I'll say very candidly, you know, when that burden shifted, and it's not a burden, it's a privilege to obviously to share our faith, but the reality is it's, just, it's work, it's energy, it's time, as much as it is uh, love and uh, care for your children. Um, it, it was it was a challenge. It was a challenge to to reroute sort of our, our daily work processes and habits as, you know, my wife has a, a business that she runs from home. Uh, obviously, I work for Sadlier. Then there's the ministry also. But um, it was hard. And it wasn't, I was surprised at myself, to be honest, about why wasn't I more welcoming of now I'm now I'm stepping in this role of primary catechist. So and not that my parent, not that Stace and I were catechizing before, but now we have workbooks to work through. We have lessons to do. We have lesson planning to do. <laughs> And we're like, oh my gosh, this is an awful lot. So speaking from this vantage point, I'm just, I look at our parishes and I say, God bless you. And I'm looking now at you, Father. Um, how has our ladies really helped to families to engage in this role of primary catechists? Um, what have you experienced in this shift? Um, and have you seen any success with this? Thanks, Matt, uh, for allowing me to uh, visit with you about this topic. Um, you know, COVID has been really tough on, on parishes, and it really has challenged the ordinary, normal way that we've done things to look at how can we do things differently. Not because, oh, we need some new creative innovation, but seriously, it's, it is um, what we were doing um, could not work now. We mm -hmm. have to do something different. Um, and so we, uh, I think challenges for parishes is to uh, put resources into parents' hands. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's no longer, oh, I'm just going to drop them off here at the parish and then I'm going to go do my grocery run and I'll come back and pick up the kids. Those, those days are pretty much long over. Um, it's, it's now looking at, so how are we forming parents and how are we enabling parents mm -hmm. to, to be those catechists, to be those first teachers in the ways of faith? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's been the challenge for our parish here of how do we get resources into the hands of, of parents? But again, I'm going to broaden it is that um, if we just keep talking about students and parents or youth and parents, we're still we're still missing a group that is maybe you know prior to parenthood mm -hmm. and then and then prior to uh, or, or after the kids have left the home. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we've done, particularly in Advent or Lent of last year and Advent of this year, is um, we're creating a resource for uh, for families mm -hmm. um, of all different types of shapes and sizes for them to engage in their faith in the liturgical seasons of, of Lent and now coming up on Advent. So it's it's one resource meant to touch 
families of all different sizes and shapes. That's is that is, yeah? Is that resource online? Is it in print or is it both? Um, it it'll be in print, and it's something that we ourselves created. Oh, wonderful! So, yeah, it was. So it's it's nothing where we went out to a company and said, "Oh, this looks like the great resource to put in." Mm -hmm. uh, it's really something we've created, both using a staff that works with adult faith formation, as well as staff that works with creativity and graphic designs to those who work with our, our youth as well as to our children. Um, so all of that's been put together and um, our focus for, for Advent will be the dignity of, of human life. Mm. We're going to be uh, looking at the stages of human life, but in terms of reflecting upon also the stages of our interior life and how some of that can match up together. So there's not only a respect for the human life, but what's the respect for our interior life as well? So that's that's kind of going to be our focus for the season of Advent. Mm -hmm. So tell me, tell us a little bit about um, what you mentioned, kind of a paradigm shift and the old ways aren't going to work anymore. Let's just take one example, uh, just so again, we have context. So what type of religious education program were you running prior to COVID? Mm -hmm. uh, was it a one day a week, one night a week? Was it meeting in person? What was that like? Well, wouldn't it be wonderful if it was just one day a week? <laughs> <laughs> with with a thousand youth, we were running that very traditional program mm -hmm. where um, uh, we actually have sessions on Sundays. We have two sessions on Mondays, three sessions on Tuesdays, and four sessions on Wednesdays. So, um, uh, it, but it was that traditional classroom model that we had, mm -hmm. uh, where catechists would come in, they had a lesson plan, um, they would be able to uh, share the faith, um, engage, the, engage the youth. So that was typical. Then what we did is during the midst of COVID, we shifted to online resourcing. So uh, we provided digital resources for parents to be able to go out to, um, to be able to do um, sessions at home. Mm -hmm. But then we were also at the same time, those parents who didn't feel comfortable doing that, we still created um, virtual classrooms, if you will. Mm -hmm. and, and so on the virtual classrooms, uh, the, the youth could still be in a safe environment. Um, and yet being able to interact also with their with their classmates as well. Mm -hmm. So we did that. And then we also started to learn that in our adult faith formation, um, particularly the elderly were, were not comfortable coming out or being in groups. Mm -hmm. So we had to move to a whole virtual piece for them. And even the simplest things about teaching them, how does Zoom work? Mm. You know, uh, for us younger folks, um, we take it for granted. We know how Zoom's going to work. I click this button, go here, go here. And for some of the elderly, it was a whole new experience for them. And, and so uh, we had to even just start with the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. of how do you get to Zoom? And then what happens when you're on it? Mm -hmm. Now so much, now even so much more so that there's, there's elderly that are just clamoring for it. It's like, well, can't we just do this on Zoom? Mm -hmm. So just well, kind of nice. One of my um, hopes is that, you know, 
And, and again, I'm to be very candid, I'm not aware of what exactly the COVID metrics are right now in our state about numbers of cases and where we're increasing, decreasing hospitalizations. I haven't kept track of all those things. But I will say that um, I, I am curious to know uh, in your parish, so this is a question that I'd like to get back to in a moment, but in your parish, are people looking to kind of go back to that old model or are they really buying into this new vision of we're resourcing you in your homes, we're doing this around the liturgical cycle uh, and that sort of thing. So let's put that aside for just one second. But my hope is, Father, that, like you said, COVID's really been a, te a, a teaching moment as much as it's been a tragedy. And uh, we know the tragedy side of it. And, and it is tragic and it is awful. And, and there, there, there's so many people that are uh, have been stricken by COVID and, and grieving because of COVID. And our prayers are always with them, and we remember them in every Mass. On the other hand, it's been a teaching moment in the sense of what you said earlier, parish has had to learn to pivot and, and try something different. So my hope is, like you just mentioned the demographic that, that's kind of clamoring for the online, my hope is that if things get back to quote-unquote normal, or at least we're able to meet in person, and, and, and the the fear of meeting in person is, is really diminishing markedly, I hope that that desire to meet online does not go away. I hope that whether it's our senior citizens or anybody who's Catholic starts to consider the digital space mm -hmm. as a space for the gospel message and a space that they can themselves evangelize in ways that make sense for them. I agree with you. I, I really do hope that we continue to um, embrace this digital age. And, and yet I want to kind of put that in brackets as well as we don't also forget the importance of physical connection with folks. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not an either or, it's a both and. Mm -hmm. And um, I think for so long, it was just simply, oh, it's in person. And then we were really forced to move into digital. Now it's a matter of how can we do both? Because both are very important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, our, so back to the kind of shelved question. So, are are the so for example with your religious education program, are you having meetings in person right now, or is that sort of suspended and everyone's waiting for this Advent resource to roll out? No, we have uh, resumed meeting in person, mm -hmm. um, but yet we've also have um, allowed families that, for whatever reason, they're not comfortable meeting in person. We are providing them uh, digital. Uh, online uh, services and resources for them. Wonderful. So again, we're trying to embrace this both and piece. Mm -hmm. um, we have a number of book study uh, groups here and some of them wanna meet in person, others do not. And then we have this group, couple groups that just wanna blend it together. So some of the group meet in person and some are on Zoom and they're all together at one time in that way, so. Well, I think you just gave us the title for this episode, which is probably going to be both and yep. uh, an, an approach to to COVID and or you know evangelizing through COVID. You know that might be there our title right there. So thanks for that. No royalties though. Okay. All right, all right, darn. I'll start. I'll keep saving my pennies. Uh, so. I want to just pivot for a moment. We got a few minutes remaining, and and let's just talk very broadly um, about sort of the state of catechesis today. I'd like to know your thoughts about 
and not about your parish in particular and how you're catechizing, because I'm sure there it's above, it's not only above board, it's tremendous. I'm sure it's just you're doing everything perfectly. Uh, so let's just, again, talk very generally. What you, You've heard, you've seen Pew Studies, you know the Bishop's Conference, we just had Bishop Cousins on a couple of weeks ago, giving us a great uh, overview of the Eucharistic Revival Program, rolling out from the, the Bishop's Conference, why that's, what precipitated that, the Pew Study about... Uh, uh, Catholics uh, indicating Catholics didn't seem to know much about the the Eucharist or didn't believe in the real presence of the Eucharist, uh, but other other sort of things precipitated this revival. Uh, what are your concerns right now for our Catholic youth? What what do you think are the biggest challenges they're facing? Uh, challenges to their faith, and how can we support them? You know, I think the the, the biggest challenge to the faith. Um, is the lack of prayer. Mm. And um, let, let me take it from, from that perspective, is um, we need to do a better job at teaching our youth how to pray and to engage in prayer. Mm -hmm. Because I am convinced that once people come to know and encounter Jesus Christ, everything else falls in place. Mm -hmm. But if we don't know and have not experienced Jesus, then what occurs in our life, we really have nothing really to hang on to, mm. to, to put things on. And so faith allows us that, that, that grounding, that footmark, that rock that Jesus calls it, that we are called to build our faith on. So, um, you know, we, we went through one time of, of the Baltimore Catechism, where, you know, you would just memorize an answer to a question, and then we went into what I would call uh, sunflowers and kites in the sky. And don't forget felt boards. Oh Those gosh, yes, we had felt boards as well. Actually, <laughs> some felt boards are still around. And um, so we went to that. And then I also say that we went to this um, uh, apologetics type of mode as well. And um, um, each one had its own place and time. Um, but I think the greatest service we can do for our youth is teach them to pray, but also to allow them opportunities to encounter Christ. I say that because when they go off to college or they leave home after high school, um, they're going to be searching. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes their search will lead them to whatever feels right at the time or whatever is engaging at the time. And as we know, those feel good and those engaging things mm -hmm. are not permanent. Mm -hmm. But if we can get them to um, have a grasp of prayer from a Catholic perspective, I think that's going to sustain them in the long run. You know, you're not alone. Um... Again, on Chattachesis, this is probably four or five episodes back, we were fortunate to have Archbishop Charles Gordon, Archbishop of Trinidad and Tobago, uh, on talking about his book, Teach Us to Pray. And that's exactly what he said uh, when, when reflecting on, on our, our culture, our youth, the challenges they're facing um, regarding their faith. That's where he went. He said, we've got to teach young people to pray. And that led us into a, an incredibly rich conversation, uh, which I'm sure we could have a similar one now. We've got about a minute or two, but but it, the direction of that conversation was um, how do we model prayer? Like, you know, how are we modeling prayer for for our young people? And it makes it it kind of brings us back full circle. 
and I'm sure this is a big part of your, your Advent resource rollout or anything you're sharing with parents, but we've got to help parents to pray as well so that that modeling can happen for those kids. Amen. Amen. So one of the things that we are doing here at the parish is um, we're bringing back Eucharistic adoration. Um, and, and then also we're looking at what's our Marian spirituality here mm -hmm. in the parish. Our parish is, is named after Our Lady's Immaculate Heart. And, and so we, I believe, need to have kind of a spirituality of that. So we're kind of looking at how does our prayer experiences um, reflect the name of our parish? Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, listen, we're running. We're we're really almost out of time. And as I as I said to you before the show, the time flies. You just wouldn't believe it. Um, I want to say thank you, thank you so much for sharing your time, which I know is limited. Thank you for this engaging conversation about how Our Ladies and the Diocese of Des Moines is reaching out to families. Um, I also wanted to give you an opportunity to offer a blessing for myself and our listeners, which is typically how we close out the show. My honor and privilege to be here with you as well as to offer a blessing. Great. May Almighty God come upon you and your families. May the gracious love of God be stirred up in your hearts so that your lives may be one of faithful service. May the Lord of all goodness continue to create anew within each one of you. And may the Lord of all peace grant you comfort during these challenging times. God's blessings upon you and families, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. Father, I know you said you this, it feels like the start of your pastorate at Our Lady's Immaculate Heart Church, so may it be a, a start that's full of blessings, and uh, uh, we wish you the best. So this has been another episode of Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback. We've been chatting with Father Michael Amadeo, pastor of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart Church in Moines Diocese of Iowa. Thank you so much, Father, for your time. You're welcome, Matt. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chattachesis. Head over to sadlyreligion.com forward slash podcast to hear more. And don't forget to request your sample and trial of Christ in Us and our bilingual edition, Cristo in Nosotros, at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU.